the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. WTBN Pinellas Park. Up next is Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. Now, how Satan came up with sin, we're not told. That's one of the great mysteries of the Bible. Where did sin originate? Yet the Bible says it was found in him. And his great sin here was the sin of pride. The sin of pride. The mother of all sins. The sin of pride. He wasn't satisfied with being the highest of all angels. In his egotism, he tried to assert himself as higher than God. Essentially, tried to take over the universe is what this is telling us. In other words, he wanted to replace God as God. He didn't want to become the fourth member of the Trinity. He wanted to be above the Trinity. He wanted to be above God. And when his rebellion failed, he then entered into an ongoing conflict with God, the conflict of the ages, this invisible war with all of the fallen angels who have followed him. Hello and welcome to Verse by Verse with Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff. My name is Peter Silseth. It's my joy to welcome you today. Pastor Steve is the teaching pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida, a position he continues to hold after more than 26 years of service. These daily Bible classes of the air are an extension of Pastor Steve's expository or verse-by-verse teaching ministry. Every person ever born is involved in a great war. Satan wants to destroy us, and God wants to save us. You might say that the devil is the original terrorist. Since he can't conquer God, he seeks to destroy those whom God loves, you and me. But we don't have to be helpless victims. Today on Verse by Verse, Pastor Steve begins a series of messages about spiritual warfare. There is a lot of help to be found in the Bible in handling the attacks of Satan. One of the most complete battle manuals begins in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10. As Pastor Steve shares other passages with us that elaborate on what Paul wrote to the Ephesians, we will keep coming back here as our home base for the next few weeks. Who is Satan? Where did he come from? Why does he hate us so much? The answer to these and similar questions will create a foundation for the things that we will be learning later on. If you are able, get your Bible and notepads ready. We are about to investigate just who this adversary is and what resources God makes available to his children so that we can win these spiritual battles. Shortly after I came to faith in Christ, I began to experience some real struggles in my spiritual walk, struggles that I had never encountered before. I was subjected to an onslaught of doubts about the validity of Christianity. Here I had just become a believer in Christ, and I was doubting whether Christianity was even valid or not, especially in the areas of inspiration and, and the authority of Scripture. In fact, for the first time in my life, I found myself questioning God's existence, not, not even as a believer or an unbeliever, a pagan did I ever question 
whether God existed. But now I was supposedly a believer in Christ and, and wondering if God even, even was alive, even existed. Now soon these uncertainties and these doubts traveled and expanded in my life and moved to the area of my salvation. I started to have doubts about whether or not I was a true Christian. Um, was I someone who just mentally embraced these truths, but it never really reached my, my heart? And before long, I found myself fearful of God's judgments, afraid that I would be judged, confused over my inner conflicts, depressed over my doubts, and even, even angry with God. Angry with him because I thought he had abandoned me, thought he had forgotten about me, thought I was just out there by myself to deal with these issues. Now understand, in its historical context, I was a brand new believer in Christ. I had no one around me who was capable of interpreting what I was going through, no one around who was able to explain to me what, what I was uh, having in terms of conflicts in my soul, but eventually I discovered the source of my doubts, the source of my turmoil. I was experiencing what every believer in Christ experiences, and that's spiritual warfare, spiritual warfare. Having become a child of God, I was being attacked and oppressed by God's ancient enemy and my new adversary called the devil. You see, God's word teaches that there's a personal devil, a real being, not a... uh, made-up, imaginary man that Hollywood has come up with, with horns and a tail. He's first mentioned in Scripture in Genesis chapter 3 as the one who tempted Eve through the crafty serpent. And throughout the Old Testament, he, he rears his hellish head as we read about him with such Bible characters as, as Job. He afflicted Job. That's very well known. The whole book is centered around that, that that Satan asked permission of God to touch Job physically, and God granted that. But also in 1 Chronicles 21, verse 1, we read about him. It says that he moved King David to number Israel. Well, what does that mean? It means that that David was about to go to war, and instead of trusting in the power of God to defeat the enemy, David, tempted by Satan, was moved to number Israel, to see what his military might was, what his power, what his strength was. And the Bible specifically says that Satan moved him. So we see him with Eve in the garden. We see him with Job. We see him with King David. We also read, for example, in Daniel chapter 10 and other places, Ezekiel mentions this, Isaiah mentions this, he influenced ancient kings in their decisions. The Bible speaks about the the king of Tyre, for example. And as you read about the king of Tyre in Ezekiel chapter 28, it is obvious that behind the king of Tyre was a demon or Satan himself. And so we read about that in Scripture. He was involved in influencing kings in their decisions concerning their nations. Now, in the New Testament, his activity is even more pronounced, more evident. We're more aware of it. It's more directly mentioned by, for example, the numerous incidents of Jesus casting out demons from individuals. We also read in the New Testament of the specific temptation of Christ, that Satan tempted him while Jesus was in the Judean hills in the wilderness. We read specifically that Satan entered into Judas as Judas betrayed him. And Satan, in some respects, was orchestrating the events of Christ's death. I say in some respects because God sovereignly overruled that. And God ultimately was using Satan 
But nonetheless, Satan was involved in that. And also, we read about Satan in the New Testament by his intense, and I emphasize that, his intense involvement in the local church through false teachers. The New Testament, beginning with the book of Acts and all the way through the New Testament letters, we read about endless false teachers who come about because of Satan. Now, the Bible gives the devil many names that, are aptly, uh, that aptly describe him and his wickedness. He's called, for example, the evil one for obvious reasons. He is the epitome of evil. He's called the tempter because he tempts us. We, um, we don't have to listen to Satan. He never makes us do anything. That old Flip Wilson joke is not true. The devil made me do it. That's not true. We do it because we're sinners, but he tempts us. He's also called in 1 Peter chapter 5 a roaring lion because he walks about seeking whom he might devour. He's called the old serpent, which is uh, a reference to his activity in the garden. He's called the great dragon, which speaks of his power. Jesus said he was a liar. Jesus said he was a murderer from the beginning. The Bible calls him the prince of darkness. The Bible calls him the prince of the power of the air. He is the god of this world. There are many, many names that the Bible gives and descriptions of the devil, but the most common way he's referred to in the Bible is he is called Satan. Satan. It's a name which comes from a Hebrew word meaning adversary or opposer, the opponent. And the reason he is primarily known by this name is because above everything else, the devil is first and foremost God's adversary. That is his role. And because he is opposed to the Lord, he is also opposed to God's work and especially God's people. Not just brand new believers, but every single one of us who is a believer in Christ. However, it wasn't always this way. The Bible teaches that Satan was once known as Lucifer. That was his given name. Not just a title, he was Lucifer, which literally means shining one or star of, of the morning, dawn of the morning, because he was created as an angel of light. He now disguises himself, by the way, as an angel of light, but he was created as a gorgeous angel of light, one of the highest ranking and most prominent among all angelic beings, and maybe even the highest ranking, we're not sure. He, along with Michael and Gabriel, called the archangels the highest ranking of all angels. But he may have been even above them. But certainly he was up there in prominence. But at some point, at some point before the creation of Adam and Eve, Lucifer, we're told, led a host of of other angels in a failed rebellion against God. Revelation chapter 12 says that one-third of the angels joined in this rebellion, and along with Lucifer, they were banished from heaven and became God's eternal enemies. And these fallen angels are now known as demons. There are holy angels who are confirmed in their holiness. They will never rebel. That's a permanent state. But there are other angels who are fallen, wicked, and they are demons, and they are confirmed in that state, Satan and demons will never change. They, are, they will never repent. They will never be good. They are filled with wickedness. So the question is, what is it that Lucifer did that banished him from heaven? And when I say he's banished, he still has access to heaven, but he's not around the throne of God permanently like other angels who worship God day and night. We know he has access to heaven because Job tells us that when all the angels appeared before God to give an account of what they were doing, Lucifer was there, Satan was there. So when we say he is banished, we simply means that he, uh, it's simply saying that he does not have 
permanent access to God. Just once in a while, he reports to him. But what was it that brought about this horrific fall and his exile from heaven? The fall of Satan and the introduction of evil into the universe are not matters of conjecture or legend. The Bible tells us all we need to know about what happened. We will read about that great fall in just a few moments. Before we turn to the book of Isaiah, we would like to say hello to those of you who just tuned in. It's a pleasure to have you with us today for another verse-by-verse radio Bible class. Pastor teacher Steve Kreloff is just kicking off a series of valuable lessons about spiritual warfare. Pastor Steve has been the teaching pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel since 1981. Now we at Verse by Verse Ministries make his practical messages available to you through this great radio station. The survivors of World War I called it the war to end all wars. Boy, were they optimistic. Since then, there have been hundreds of wars, but there's one war that has been going on for untold ages and continues even today. It is the greatest of all wars. There are no neutral countries. Spiritual warfare reaches into every nook and cranny of our lives. It is a war that no one escapes. We either win it or we lose it. If you have your Bible, please turn to Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12, and let's see how it all began. Isaiah chapter 14, if you'll turn there, gives us some insight. Isaiah chapter 14. And when you read Isaiah 14 as well as as Ezekiel 28, there are other kings involved, but it becomes very clear as you read the text that behind these kings had to be Satan, that he's referring not just to a human king, but to a, uh, a spirit being. Isaiah chapter 14, beginning in verse 12, it says, How you have fallen from heaven, O star of the morning, son of the dawn. That refers to Lucifer. You have weakened the nations. He says, you've been cut down to the earth, you who have weakened the nations. But you said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will raise my throne above the stars of God, and I will sit on the mount of the assembly. In the recesses of the north, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will make myself like the Most High. Nevertheless, you will be thrust down to Sheol, to the recesses of the pit. Those who see you, and he's talking about once you're thrust down permanently, those who see you will gaze at you. They'll ponder over you saying, is this the man who made the earth tremble, who shocked or who shook nations, kingdoms, who made the world like a wilderness and overthrew its cities and did not allow his prisoners to go home? They're going to look at this pitiful creature. But at one time, he led a rebellion against God. Now, how Satan came up with sin, we're not told. That's one of the great mysteries of the Bible. Where did sin originate? Yet the Bible says it was found in him. And his great sin here was the sin of pride. The sin of pride. The mother of all sins. The sin of pride. He wasn't satisfied with being the highest of all angels. In his egotism, he tried to assert himself as higher than God, essentially tried to take over the universe is what this is telling us. In other words, he wanted to replace God as God. He didn't want to become the fourth member of the Trinity. He wanted to be above the Trinity, he wanted to be above God. And when his rebellion failed, he then entered into an ongoing conflict with God, the conflict of the ages, this invisible war with all of the fallen angels who have followed him. 
And therefore, he is confirmed, as I said, in his evil. He will never change. He is doomed, according to Revelation chapter 20, after the thousand-year reign of Christ on earth. The devil is destined to be thrown into the lake of fire where he will be tormented night and day forever and ever. Revelation 20, verse 10. But until he comes, what is he doing? What is he doing until he comes? The Bible says he is on the warpath. He is on the warpath to oppose everything God loves, his people, righteousness, the purity of his church, and that includes you and that includes me if you know Christ. He is our enemy because he is the enemy of God. And so in an effort to hinder the work and the, and the, the will of the Lord, Satan assaults every true born-again Christian in what the Bible describes as spiritual warfare. And though there are a number of places in the Bible that speak of of incidents where he attacked people, such as we mentioned Job, striking Job with physical ailments, or he tried to to destroy Peter's faith. Remember Jesus said, Peter, he said, Simon, Simon, Satan has desired to sift you as wheat, which means he's desired to pull you away from faith. But I pray for you that your faith will will not fail. He also dealt with Paul. And that Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians, he, he was given a thorn in the flesh, which he identifies as a messenger from Satan. So there are incidents in the Bible. There are specific stories and scriptures that tell us of his personal attack on people. However, the most comprehensive, all-encompassing, most significant place in all of scripture that addresses spiritual warfare is Ephesians chapter 6. So I'd like you to turn there. Ephesians chapter 6. For the next few weeks, we're going to be studying Ephesians chapter 6. We'll use this as a springboard to deal with this vast subject of spiritual warfare. And I'll tell you in a few minutes why, why we're doing this and uh, why this is important for our church. But I want to read to you verses 10 through 18. This is the section on warfare. Paul writes in verse 10, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you'll be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, in addition to all, taking up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit, and with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition, for all the saints. Now I want you to know this is not simply a section of scripture informing us about spiritual warfare. It certainly is that, but it's far more. The purpose, the intent, the message of these verses is to instruct us on the spiritual resources that God has provided for us in order to protect us from the attacks of the devil and and demons. In other words, this passage is designed to help us in our battles, not just inform us that we have battles. It's designed to help us Using What Paul does is he uses the analogy of a, of a Roman soldier and the various pieces of armor that a Roman soldier would have, what he would wear as he got dressed to go to war. And that's the analogy. What this Roman soldier would wear for his protection in the physical battles, Paul tells us that God 
has resources for us. He's provided armor for us for our spiritual battles. The armor is called the full armor or complete armor of God. That's very interesting that remember when Paul wrote Ephesians, he was where? He was in Rome. He was under house arrest and he was chained to a Roman soldier, part of the Praetorian guard, the elite guard who who guarded Caesar the imperial guard. So Paul was chained to a Roman soldier and they changed about every four to six hours. It's not beyond speculation to see that the apostle Paul must have looked at these soldiers and inspired by God sat down and wrote this. In fact, years ago, Israel, my glory had a cover. The cover of Israel, my glory had the picture of the apostle Paul in a Roman jail, looking at a soldier and writing down, take up the full armor of God and going through the various pieces of a Roman soldier's attire. So that's the analogy. That's what's going on here. So Paul's concern is that we should always be ready for an attack by being properly dressed for war. And though there are many Christians who give little thought to the reality of Satan in their lives, this is important. Very important. Some of you probably think nothing about Satan or very little. Others, on the other hand, probably think too much about Satan. There are some Christians who want to see Satan in everything. If they, if they sneeze, they have a demon of nasal drip. Whatever, whatever is going on in their lives, it's always attributed to Satan. There's a demon behind every bush. The Bible doesn't teach that. But certainly the Bible teaches us that we ought not to ignore spiritual battles. Now, to balance this out, we need to recognize too, as we begin this series, that by this series, we're not saying that we ought to be obsessed with Satan. We ought to give him more credit than credit is due, but we ought not to neglect him. There are actually three enemies, the Bible says, that we have, not just Satan. Enemy number one, we're told, is the world. And by that, we mean the, the Bible means the world system. Love not the world, John said, neither the things that are in the world. The world system means that uh, this world's value system, the things that this world loves. It's an anti-Christ, an anti-Christian, anti-Bible system. It's opposed to righteousness. It's self-centered. And you know what? That's our enemy. That's our enemy. Those things in the world our enemies. Not, not just things that, that people in the world do, but, but wickedness, wickedness, attitudes. There is an old story about a little boy having a temper tantrum. He was lying on the floor, kicking, screaming, and spitting. His mother told him, stop that. The devil's making you do that. The little boy paused and said, the devil's making me kick and scream, but the spitting is my own idea. The fact of the matter is the devil didn't make him do any of that. Satan can't make us do what we don't want to do. And if we put on the full armor of God, he can't bully us or scare us either. It was a delight to have you with us today. Verse by Verse is a daily Bible class of the air led by Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff. Pastor Steve has been serving at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida for more than 20 years. His practical expository messages have given rise to these programs produced by Verse by Verse Ministries. We are a faith ministry funded by the gifts and encouraged by the prayers of listeners like you who are first faithful to their own churches. Lakeside Community Chapel is at 1893 Sunset Point Road. That's midway between U.S. Highway 19 and the beaches. 
If you are ever in the Clearwater area on a Sunday morning, Pastor Steve would love to meet you. Why not come and worship with us? If you missed part of today's class or you just want to hear it again, please visit our website, versebyverseradio.org. You can listen online or download the audio file and listen to it later. You'll find previous programs on the archives page. To have all of our future messages on your computer or MP3 player, you can sign up for our free podcasting service. The web address again is versebyverseradio.org. Today's class is part of a four-part message. It's nice sometimes to hear those messages all at once. If you would like to do that, you can order a CD or a cassette by calling us at 727-441-1714. Leave your name and a number, and we will return your call during weekday office hours. That number again is 727-441-1714. We actually have three enemies. They are the flesh, that is our own sinful natures, the world with its sinful system of values, and Satan himself. When we come back for the next verse by verse, we will learn more about this person who goes about roaring like a lion, seeking people he can devour. You've been listening to Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. This program was pre-recorded. To learn more, including how to donate to this ministry, visit versebyverseradio.org. That's verse. We are here to give you strength between. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.